right, Charles, thanks for joining me today. Uh, first things first, who hi, are David. you and who is at Mito? So, I'm, uh, hi, David, and uh, nice to see you again. It's been a while. So I think we said it's about 14 months or 15 months since we chatted. Um, I'm Charles Seed, CEO and co-founder of Zapnito. Zapnito is an enterprise online community platform where we help our clients connect with their customers through their experts, internal, external, um, and also create uh, expertise through their customers as well. So that's what Zapnito is. Fantastic. And obviously, we're here today to talk about community. Um, you know, with, with every brand today seemingly intent on becoming a publisher, uh, you know, everyone's releasing their own reports and their own blogs, po podcasts even, um, and social media getting louder and louder and louder. Community marketing is something we're obviously hearing quite a lot about. Um, so from your point of view, how does community marketing actually help brands reconnect with their audience and cut through that noise? Okay, well, so, I mean, we're a people first platform. So, you know, we really feel that um, content has reached a point of saturation. Um, however, I think there's still trusted brands like B2B Marketing, Wall Street Journal, what have you that, you know, act as a trusted source of great, amazing content that people um, need to have access to. Um, still, we really developed Zapnito as a response uh, initially to social media and all the noise. Um, we found that finding expertise um, was was being sought after in all the wrong places, which is, uh, you know, in some respects, 500 million bloggers, Twitter trolls, you know, all the noise in social media. So um, I think in terms of uh, community, um, the way we think about community and, and our clients that are successful uh, with us they don't necessarily see it as another channel. Um, they treat it as a hub um, where they can actually um, engage with their customers through that hub. Um, and that, th that is essentially pulling their customers, their experts, um, their advocates, their thought leaders, all in one place where they can share content, but they can also have a conversation, they can network, um, they can share events. So they can do a whole lot of things that a lot of people are pushing through white papers and, you know, online webinars, um, blogs, all in one place where they can have a single hub um, where they're connecting with the customers. And then the best organizations that have been successful that we've seen treat it as a, a key part of their strategy, not just a, a separate channel. Um, and it helps marketing in that it helps the entire customer lifecycle. It's not about just driving leads into a community. So once you're a buyer of a product, um, particularly in subscriptions, membership, but in any kind of reoccurring uh, revenue uh, model, you want to continue that conversation with the customer. In fact, the, the value goes up in the community as the customer uh, continues on that journey with you. Fantastic. So as you know, of course, uh, B2B marketing has its own community, which is called Propolis. Um, so for everyone listening, Propolis is our, our now award-winning members-only uh, online intelligence platform and community uh, for world-class professional development. So with Propolis, every individual in your marketing team gets exclusive direct access to trusted independent uh, industry consultants, intelligence expertise, and everything that's gonna help you to develop a high performance marketing team. Um, so Charles, uh, obviously Propolis was built using Zapnito. Um, I'm just interested to know, you know, what have you actually learned about building communities since Propolis was launched in, in January last year? Well, I think Propolis is a great example of excellent execution. So we are, you know, we're the technology behind the scenes, um, but we do partner with our clients to, um, you know, drive success. But 
you know, without the right strategy, without the right execution, you know, I think community, um, you know, it doesn't always succeed. And, and, and I think you get back what you put into it. So I think, you know, we've, in some ways, um, what we've learned since then um, is really just a, uh, it's kind of perpetuating what we already knew, which is you need to have a strong strategy. You need to put your kind of money where your mouth is on community to get the ROI. And a community manager, somebody that's driving the community is really the linchpin you know, behind, behind this. And it doesn't have to be a very senior person, but somebody that lives and breathes the community, loves it, and also connects the people. So I think it's really about the execution and also really leveraging your advocates, um, internal and external, as much as possible. So if anything, um, Propolis is a great example of great execution where you have connections, insights, and then you have this sort of cycle with the customer. Um, so it's ongoing and you guys are evolving it all the time. So also evolving the community, um, trying, trying it out as well. So, you know, being brave, um, it doesn't have to be this massive thing because the great thing about community is it, it can evolve and the community will have a voice in that evolution. So yeah, I guess we have learned a lot since then, but it's uh, it kind of has uh, confirmed a lot of our, um, I guess, our practices as well. Fantastic. So for a publisher like B2B Marketing, um, I think building a community really makes sense. So obviously our, our role, if you like, is to bring a lot of different voices into a conversation, deliver objective insight for audience. But when it comes to a normal non-publishing company, um, you know, just a company with a, a certain product or a certain service to sell, how do you think they can actually build a community in a way that meets their, their own business and marketing needs, but without just coming across as blatantly trying to sell stuff? So an example I might give is, you know, I'm not going to join a, a, an online community by Coca-Cola to learn anything objective about fizzy drinks. It just feels like a blatant sell there, you know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I think I was thinking about Coca-Cola um, a little bit um, a while ago, and I think you know, Coca-Cola has a huge B2B, um, you know, business, right? So they have a huge amount of vendors and downstream partners. So where they might be successful is in how they engage with those customers, right? So the most important thing about being successful um, in community is that you start with the community. You start with what do the people need? What's the purpose? What are they looking for? Are they learning to, are they looking to, to learn? Are they looking to connect? Are they looking to have conversations? So you know, successful B2B businesses are going to be looking to connect with their customers, you know, on a one-to-one -one basis. So I think the days, particularly with all the content marketing that's out there, everybody being a publisher, to your point, David, is that um, you want to have a two-way conversation. And so the way we look at that is that it's a two-way conversation where you have experts um, engaging with customers, but also those customers can be experts as well. Um, so that's where we're seeing success. And that's where we think, uh, you know, what good looks like is where you have that connection and you're having those conversations with your customers through the, through the community and they're having conversations back and hopefully contributing as well. So it's very much a virtuous circle and then fa failing B2B businesses will keep pushing, you know, the sales, uh, you know, the sales message will keep pu pushing the white papers. Um, it needs to be a much more dynamic relationship with a customer. Mm, there's an interesting way of looking at it. So it's not just a, a channel for promoting. It's also a way of actually learning what your customers want. It's almost like an ongoing customer survey in a way. 
Yeah, it's co constant feedback. It, it shouldn't be treated as just another channel um, and it shouldn't be a push model. Um, so the customers can have a voice and, you know, you can have your experts. So, you know, let's say it's a SaaS business or, uh, you know, maybe a publisher or consulting company. Um, get, your, get, get your customers acting as experts, as advocates on the platform. And, and if they love the, if they love the brand, they'll do it, you know, so if they love the product and he, yeah, and he also listened to the, you know, the negative feedback that's coming out um, as well. So, and I think also having um, spaces, uh, what we call rooms, where you can have your customers in a room, um, could be your top customers, or it could be a customer group that's actually uh, collaborating. So co-collaboration um, in community is a huge part of uh, being successful and creating those connections. Don't push stuff, don't sell, you know, create value. Mm. And is the point of those rooms to build collaboration on certain ideas, or is it also to create a sense of exclusivity? Uh, you know, so let's say you've got like a top tier of member. It, how does it work? Yeah, it's up to the brand. So it can be, so the room could be even a secret room where you have your top, let's say it's IBM is your top customer. You have a secret room where you're only sharing content and, and exchanging with IBM. Uh, but nobody knows that there's a secret room out there. So that can be totally exclusive. You can have a customer group where, you know, we have a beta partner program where we have a private group for our customers to exchange information, you know, and ideas on the platform. So it's really, so it's really up to the, um, to the client. So we work with the clients to make sure that they're using those spaces in the right way. Um, and it's part of their strategy for just having deeper, probably tighter conversations with the niche group of people. So once they're through the funnel, if you will, once they're buyers, you want to leverage them and, you know, and have those conversations to learn on product, on marketing. So yeah, there's a lot of ways to, to work with the, the, um, that kind of, that, that type of model, definitely. Yeah. And one question that just kind of springs to mind is around getting people to actually engage in the first place, because is there a danger that when you create a community, you obviously want to bring people from all different sectors or, or different, maybe, maybe all within the same sector. Is there a danger that they don't actually want to put their opinion forwards because they don't want to be giving their stuff away to a competitor, for instance? So I think B2B has that that challenge. Um, and that's where I think a lot of, so you have kind of social media, right? So that people call the Twitter a, a community, that's a platform. And there might be some communities on there. Then you have these sort of first generation community platforms that took those ideas, white labeled them, and essentially took a Twitter and then you know, turned into a white label platform. Um, I think the next gen in terms of community, at least that's how we see ourselves is that um, it's very much about um, not, not necessarily everybody having an equal voice. It's about, you know, the experts um, having maybe potentially more of an advocacy voice. Um, and some people might want, not want to have those conversations, um, you know, with the competitors or in the same room, but they might want to learn from masterclasses or the insights. It really depends. And sometimes they'll connect with their uh, competition to learn from each other, particularly around sustainability or regulatory you know, issues. So if there's a, if there's a connection that um, transcends that competitive nature, like sustainability or inclusivity, um, competition will, will, will have that conversation. So it definitely is um, something that we, we, we say is open, but not everybody has an equal voice and there's a high, you know, strong curation in what we do. So it's having access to experts, but also having conversations with the brands um, through the platform is kind of the, the next generation of what, what we see happening. 
Absolutely. And, um, you know, it wouldn't be a marketing interview if I didn't mention the word funnel. Um, I'm just interested to know, you know, where does, where does community fit into the funnel? Because from my perspective, it's that sort of dark funnel, that middle of the funnel bit. It's not about awareness. It's not necessarily about closing a deal. It's just that sort of middle in-between bit that's quite hard to track. Is that a fair assumption? Um, yeah. I mean, I think what how I see the, the funnel, if you will, is, is that people will... So let's say um, I'm buying a, a SaaS pl- product, for example. Um, I'm going to join a community, get to know them. If I don't buy that product, right, I'm not going to necessarily stay with that community. So, you know, so you start with the, the top of the funnel. But if anything, the funnel kind of concept uh, inverses where you actually have um, more chances for upsell, cross-sell, customer advocacy, retention, you know, so it's also at the bottom of the funnel where the, the, a lot of the value comes from. So bringing them into the community to see what other customers are saying, um, you know, listening to the one-to-one conversations on the community, I think that obviously drives uh, a much higher lead uh, score, if you will. Um, but once they buy, then that's where the true power really comes in. So I see it as more of a, a cycle, a, a, a circle versus a funnel in that model um because again if i don't buy from that product i'm not i probably won't continue to to engage with that community unless they have some amazing content um but yeah that's that's kind of my my view on that so i think probably 60 percent of the value is coming from post acquisition of the um of the lead if you will Mm. and when they buy is that presumably the values there just because they're in the community saying how great your product or service well is. yeah i mean it starts with even um even some pre-onboarding where you might have a course on a product you might have you know conversation with somebody in um sales engineering for example um but yeah i think i think it's about not just the advocacy but also the onboarding of a product the learning of a product and then hopefully at that at that point then you start to get case studies and the um the advocacy from there so moving forwards then, and you know, community, as, as we've mentioned, is obviously a great way to engage your audience in the conversation. Um, but when it comes to actually tracking engagement, is that something that's possible or is it just kind of too, is it too hard to really pin down what success looks like? No, I think it's, it is totally possible. In fact, we have analytics in the back end um, and then we have targets with our customers. So it is definitely possible. So we have about 12 KPIs that we track. Um, stickiness is a great um, example of that. So if they keep coming back um, and engaging, um, then that means that they're engaged, right? So and that and and so you can measure you can measure all the engagement in the in the community for sure. Yeah. Um, anecdotally, you know, I've, I feel like community marketing is something that's gained a lot of traction, interest, particularly since the pandemic. But you know, that could just be me. Um, it could just be due to the fact that we launched Propolis in that time. So obviously I'm hearing a lot more about community. Um, but are you seeing community take off in other industries as well? Or do you think it's still quite niche? Um, I don't know. I don't, I, think, I don't think it's niche. Um, I think it's actually quite broad. I think um, we, you know, there's a lot of players that are very broad in what they do. So our focus is very much around B2B um, and also scientific, technical um, and research as well. So we focus on um, organizations that have, expertise at the core of what they do um but yeah no i mean uh, community is one of the highest growing kind of job titles in terms of trend out there on linkedin um it's becoming you know the head of community is becoming a um, a much more important role than kind of an afterthought so 
Definitely, I think the pandemic probably accelerated the idea of community um, in, uh, you know, in B2B, um, but we're not seeing any kind of uh, decrease in demand for it. So also becoming much more about where we focus, um, not be everything to everybody, but to be very focused on what we're good at. Mm. And you mentioned there about you know, uh, titles with community uh, very much on the rise on, on LinkedIn or Indeed or what, whatever it is. Um, I can imagine there's probably not a huge pool of existing sort of community experts in the world, particularly as it's sort of grown in interest in the last couple of years. So generally speaking, you know, what do you think it actually takes to be a, a good community manager or community marketer? Um, that's a great question. So I, I, I think, first of all, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a role that um, you can learn by, by doing, right? So I think a, a real, uh, so a sort of a hybrid between really caring about um, the people and then caring about the content with the people. So we kind of sit at the intersection between, you know, knowledge and community. So it's about, it's about, you know, I think it's about caring about the people, almost like you do in an event. You, you want to have, you know, the, the, uh, the event organizer, you know, walking up to people, creating, you know, meetings and having a concierge type approach to things. It's that kind of thing where you, you have people that are um, driving that conversation and, and really just exchanging ideas um, and then blending it, evolving it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, a, it's kind of an art and a science, um, but after a while, the, the community starts to become more and more self-sustaining, which is, which is really cool. So there's a little bit of a curve. So I think put in the hard work, um, be patient and really focus on the people um, and the insights that come out of those people, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. I mean, I can imagine it's quite hard to get any kind of conversation going, you know, you've got five people in the community, but once you've got 10,000 or whatever it is, it's going to be sort of naturally flowing. So how do you actually get that community up and going from the off? Um, so we, we again, we, we start with, um, we have what we call a value-based model. So, um, and, and we work with our clients to move them up into this sort of maturity framework. So I think, you know, just if you, if you add 10,000 people to a community platform and, and even if you have a great community manager and expect them all to start engaging and sharing content, it's not gonna work. So start small. Um, and we start typically with content. So content's a great kind of, anchor point to get people in because it creates value from, from day one. Um, and then you just continue to drive collaboration, the networking, and then you start to have the, the, um, the conversations and then the advocacy is coming out as well. So, so I, think, I think in terms of um, how you start out um, to be successful is to start, to start small and start with um, your friendly you know, experts, your friendly advocates, your friendly customers, pull them in, make them feel special, um, and then starting to get them to engage with the wider community as well. So I think the best, I mean, there's a, there's a masterclass we have on sort of just the value model uh, to move up that kind of that, that pyramid. Um, and then it becomes a, a, a circle as well. So once you have, you know, let's say 5,000 people at the top of that pyramid where they're starting to, you know, co-collaborate, co-innovate, then you want to start getting them to, to be advocates to drive more engagement. And that's where you can start building pockets with, um, with the rooms and the spaces where it doesn't have to be this massive community. It can also, you know, you have sub communities within that, within that wider uh, group. Mm. So particularly that early stage, then do you think it's not so much a case of 
go off and you know do your own thing just start engaging with each other you almost have to get it out of them maybe organizing like a round table or something along those lines. yeah yeah and really getting them behind the purpose so 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 in terms of um the way to think about community you start with the um the purpose of the community what value is it bringing to the community and then from there you know if you're focusing on those two things then the roi is going to come um, but yeah, start small and build it from, you know, and, and don't try to make it perfect when you launch, just get it out and start getting your friendly people in there and they'll want to contribute and collaborate and also leverage your internal, your internal people, which you guys do a great job of. Um, they're the best kind of advocates in the beginning to get their friends in and their, their friendly uh, experts in and their friendly customers in. Mm. So definitely take a phased approach to it um, and don't be afraid to to experiment and don't be afraid to just get going, but you have to have a great community manager. Um, it's super important. Yeah. And on the point of experimenting, this might not be one for the immediate future. It, it might not be one for the future end of, but Zapnito obviously provides effectively, you know, an online world where people can communicate and participate. I'm just interested to know, is the metaverse something that's on your radar? Is that the next step in communities? Well, I mean, the metaverse is super interesting um, in terms of the potential. You know, I think, um, I, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting question. Um, so I, I play Roblox with my daughter. Uh, so uh, <laughs> she records us playing sometimes. And so I've kind of I've kind of grown up, if you will, on on the metaverse with my daughter. Right. So I see how she is creating her own um server she's got her own server and she creates her own world and she's got her connections in there and she's you know she's got a so she's got a friend in california that she's connected with through roblox so i think community um has a big uh uh a, a huge amount of potential particularly in b2c in the beginning um i think there are platforms that are starting to build more of a b2b type approach um and i think where we'll probably see some early adoption will be around like storefronts and e-commerce and anything that um, has agency, you know, so events, for example, I think a lot of event tech uh, guys have tried to create sort of a, you know, real world experience of an event in on the browser and it just doesn't work. So I, I think we're a little bit a ways away for, for, from having uh, a community model on and W3, but certainly interesting and i think the agency piece is probably where we're going to see um more adoption so that's going to be around the networking components of community it's going to be around the training components um particularly around um simple storefront stuff uh, e-commerce and then we're going to start to see more and more kind of tighter uh deeper engagement with like even sales having conversations in the metaverse and you know demonstrating what the product might might look like or what a project might look like in consulting. I think we're a ways off. I think we're probably three to five years off and seeing that take shape. Definitely it's on the radar. Um, so I think right now, I think organizations, um, you know, they, they need to kind of, um, I think, own the 2.0 world, right? And we've seen a lot of challenges with organizations and social media just even struggling in that world. So um, the concern I have with the metaverse is it becomes another expensive channel and there's not a lot of ROI derived from it. Um, and uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's kind of watch this space, but yeah, I'm definitely interested in it and, uh, and, and kind of checking it out. But at this point, we're, we want to get to, uh, you know, get to uh, a place where 
the the browser experience is beautiful and the user experience is beautiful and that's an ongoing that's an ongoing uh, work in progress definitely and on to another technology that i barely understand uh nfts um is that something that's on your radar as well because quite often I've, I've seen that there's a link between nfts and actual communities themselves i'm not going to profess to understand it and i wouldn't expect anyone else to either but is that something again that's kind of on the radar? Oh, even if it's yeah, it's probably on my personal radar at this point. It's not on my radar for Zapnito. Yeah, uh, not at this point. I think I think the metaverse is probably and blockchain are probably the two areas that I'm you know mostly interested. In. Obviously, NFT has a component in that, but um, I think you know verification of expertise in blockchain could be super interesting. Um, but no, I wouldn't say it's on my Zapnito ra radar at this point, where it's on my personal radar for sure. Fair enough, just interested to know. So yeah. my final question, and then I think we'll leave it there. Um, okay. you know, over the past couple of years, so the, you know, the course of the pandemic, there's been a real sort of blending of the digital and physical worlds. You know, it, it's the facts we're having video interviews now. I mean, it wasn't really that, it wasn't the done thing, you know, three years ago, it would have been in person. So in fact, today, to, uh, take today's hybrid event as an, as an example, for instance. But with all that in mind, do you feel that building online communities can also help to build physical real world, uh, real world communities as well? Or is that a step too far? Yeah, I mean, I think they sit side by side. Um, I think where we've seen the most success is that they, they so the, the, the community acts as something that lives in a way on its own. And then the events kind of play a big cameo into the community. Um, where we've seen failure is where some event tech guys have tried to, to almost take um, the event experience and turn it into kind of a community experience. And our, our view is that um, community is bigger than an event. You know, events are typically, if they're in a portfolio, then they can roll up into a community. So I just, as an example, um, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to an event and I've connected with you on the community, and we've shared some, you've written some content. I love the content. I followed you. You know, maybe we've had a conversation on the community. We can then, um, you know, have a conversation at the event. So we're doing some things like, um, you know, booking a, a meeting, for example, you know, but at the same time, um, at the same time, I, I, don't, I don't think they're totally integrated. You know, I think they couldn't be, they can be separate. Um, but the great thing is you can have a relationship on the community, go to the event, um, and then it kind of expand that relationship in a much more powerful way um, and then vice versa as well. Fantastic. Well, Charles, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I think we'll leave it there. But just a note to our audience as well. Um, if you do want to see a, a real life online community um, for yourself, do check out Propolis, which, of course, is powered by Zapnito. Um, so you can learn more about Zapnito there as well. So, Charles, thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you, everybody. And uh, see you soon. Bye. Great. Bye.